When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to Conspiracy the Show. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as guest co-host this week, Visit Dasani. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for doing it. I appreciate it. This is your second conspiracy podcast, right? Yeah, correct. You were on the episode about whether the government is hiding free energy from yeah, us. Very meaty topic. The, uh, a topic I came up with because you were on the Unpops podcast and brought it up. Yeah, the, yeah. The week before we recorded that. Yeah, that was an interesting episode. It's doing really well. And now you're back to talk about the New World Order. NWO. We will uh, probably spend about 25 to 30 episodes on this. God damn. This is a 30-part episode. This is the mother of all conspiracy theories. This is, you could have a whole season on this. Oh, yeah, definitely. And we might. I could. I do that with podcasts sometimes. I'll just split out a bunch of episodes yeah. and make them like their own podcast. And the New World Order could definitely be one because it's it's a conspiracy that's been around since... Like the 1900s? Early 1900s? Yeah, and it's it's almost like a genre of conspiracies because they're different conspiracies about what that new world order is. Right. Ultimately, it's like someone wants to rule the world. Isn't there a song? Everybody yeah. wants to rule the world. Two, tears for Fears? Tears for Fears. Yeah. Known agents of the new world order. Tears <laughs> for Fears. We're on to you. And so it's... It just, yeah, I guess calling it the mother of all theories is, I, I, I see why that can be said. Conspiracy theory. And it, it in, kind of encompasses all the other conspiracies. Like as we get into it, the Illuminati comes up a bunch, yeah. Freemasons, the New Age movement, communism, George Bush. The gang is all fucking here. But, you know, is it, how coordinated are all of these things. Like what is the organizational structure, you know, in the shadow government? That's what we, that's what I feel like we all want to know. Yeah. Who's sitting at the table? Yeah. Who are the, depending on the conspiracies you believe, who are the 12 to 6,000 people who rule the world? <laughs> are they aliens? Are they Jewish people? Are they Jewish? And I love, I love Jewish people. That's why I don't, I don't get why people are so hard. Like, why does everyone go in and want to scapegoat them historically? It's very confusing. That, it would be interesting to look back on how that all started. Yeah. Because it seems like they've been our traditional scapegoat for a long time time maybe it's because it's easy because historically they have been so it's like okay well yeah <laughs> this worked before and probably a religious thing too yeah I, I just we were talking earlier I'm a very live and let live type of person so I just again the everyone wanting to or not everyone but like you know people wanting to exert control over things outside of themselves other people who have a will of their own it's just 
um, it's not how I'm wired. Right. But I think it is kind of a natural tendency yeah, okay, in so a lot of people. I'll take that back about saying that's not how I'm wired. I understand it. But like right. to that level, can you imagine the depth of insecurity where you're like, I want, I need to rule the world. Yeah. Like, like, wow. That's, that's why if I put any one group in charge of this, it's definitely white people. Like <laughs> we're the insecure ones in the world. And why right is that? Now. I 100% think it's a demographics thing and the idea that at some point the United States and other nations that are a majority white country won't be at some point. And that's a thing we know is going to happen. And I feel like that's what a lot of the unrest and uneasiness among white nationalist types is about. I think it's as fucking simple as that. Well, it's just you're holding on to something superficial. Like you just don't want... Um, dominant genetics to, you know, cause most of the time, darker hair trumps lighter hair, genetically speaking. Yeah. So it's like, are they afraid of losing their complexion? I think, I think that's part of it. Like we, on the next episode, we're going to talk about a group called the Lucius Trust, yeah. which, uh, they're a, uh, a, the, they're basically the reason conservatives say liberals worship Satan. And one of the things that that group talks about is this point in the future where not only are there no governments or religions, well, there's one government, one religion, but there's also just one race. That sounds so boring. Because we've all been fucking, and now we're all just a mishmash of each other, and the well, that's thing they're working toward. Well, that's not a bad thing, but just, just, just homogenous yeah. society I don't know. I'm really like drawn to diversity and that's why I, (laughs) that's what I don't like about France. People always hold up France as this ideal version of a country. And there's a reason people drive trucks through farmer's markets in France. And it's because their system of integrating people into French society is very dehumanizing where once you're French, you're French. It doesn't matter what kind of family background you have. It doesn't matter what your religious symbols and traditions are. It's an exclusive club. Right. And it's a thing where they're like, well, we treat everyone the same. It's, but do you? Because if people aren't allowed to express the customs and traditions of their heritage, you're not really treating everyone the same. Of course, French people can. They're from France and that's their history and tradition. But to bring people in and say, okay, now our history is your history and the rest of that shit doesn't really matter. There's that's not ideal at all. It's it's just crazy crazy to me when people try to like try to hold on to the past with their teeth when all that's going to happen is you're going to die at some point. Right. So it's just like you're trying to control this world for what? Yeah. Because it's is it vanity like you want your grandkids to like do the same mindless rituals and listen to you know it's just it it's it's control. Yeah, it it's control and I I understand why people are opposed to the idea of a one world government. I think I'm opposed to it. Uh but it's also understandable why people have been pushing this idea for so long because the world has been on fire forever. Like there have been be it World War 1, World War 2, which is when a lot of this talk starts. There've been all these huge global conflicts that have killed so many people it's natural that there would be a segment of society that would be like all right how about we 
come up with an idea that ends war. But is that the motive? That's the thing is it doesn't seem like that's the motive behind NWO. Right. And for all of the, you know, like the theories within the theory. Right. The, it depends on what. Because then we wouldn't need war. Yeah. Yeah. We wouldn't, war is not necessary. Like we don't have a better form of conflict resolution than like, than killing people. Like that's, that's nuts. Yeah. Am I nuts for thinking that's nuts? No, I don't think so. Okay. I, th- I think a lot of people feel that way. And yeah, I get the the need, the the desire to not want war anymore, but it's also unrealistic and it's a the kind of thing that could only happen sort of the way conspiracy theorists think it's going to happen, where it would have to be a very controlling and sort of oppressive society where we all live by the same rules like in a society like that, what happens if you don't live by those rules? Like, what if you deviate from it? Then what's the punishment? Yeah. And I think that's at the heart of a lot of this. But it, uh, it's... How does Earth deal with this? I feel like we're like lice. Kind of. Like just itchy lice on Earth. And I, I think that's how Earth deals with it, is every once in a while we just get wiped out and start over. <laughs> like, it's happened before, it'll... Happen again, probably before the next election. Who knows? I mean, I, I, I'm not that cynical. <laughs> Only because there's more shit I want to do before the next election or at and after. But um, yeah, it's it's it, the whole world being on fire thing's kind of confusing because it's like, well, well, you know, as a you know, as a species, we're putting it on fire. So you know, yeah, that's. If we don't want the world on fire, we got to stop putting it on fire, you know? Yeah, we could try that. We <laughs> could try just not not doing those things. But yeah, let's take a, take a shot at a one world government <laughs> instead. We'll see how it works out. It's just for me, I, it's just the motive is power and control. I that Oh, I, for sure. It's, you know, the, of course, you, I'm sure to get people to drink the Kool-Aid, you know, the marketing's not going to be like, help make, help keep us rich. It's going to be like, better world. Right. That's probably what the Nazis or Hitler said. Better world, you know? Yeah, the Nazis actually come like, up in this. People know how to market. They're not, especially the Nazis. Yeah. They, they were great at branding. Great at branding. And I think the U.S. government took some tips from them. Oh, 100%. Operation Paperclip. I don't know if we've done an episode about Operation Paperclip. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but that was when we brought all the Nazi of, scientists yeah. over. Because what could go wrong? <laughs> Why wouldn't we want our hands in that shit? Uh, so, yeah, this conspiracy theory, I call it the mother of all conspiracies because the, the, the end goal, at least what people who push this idea claim the end goal is, is that when this happens, it's going to be hailed as the culmination of all of history's progress. Like this is what everything good in society and bad has been building up to is this enlightened version of the world where we all live by the same idea and the same uh, goals. And it uh, it sounds like a a marketing thing. It sounds like a story. Yeah, it it really does. It sounds like because why you know I don't believe in the whole one size fits all for everybody, right? You know, like if someone doesn't like their government, it's nice to have an option or the you know it might, it's nice to be able to go somewhere else. Yeah, and that is a a thing that would definitely go away yeah. under a system like this. If you you couldn't be off the grid. Yeah, 
That's and that's a thing. Technology plays a big part in it where there are people who think that all of the technological advances we're making are just building up to the society where we're controlled through technology. And we've done an episode about 5G internet before and how people think that is going to just be this big uh, system of mind control basically, which How does that what does that look like? Well, it's it's a wild theory, but the thing, it, it kind of just plays into the fact that as of right now, we're all technically cyborgs because we have a phone attached to our hand oh, yeah. at all times that gives us access to an untold amount of knowledge. Oh, that's our cloud. That's yeah. our cloud. I don't like, there's so many, like, I used to be a great speller. I don't need to because no. I, there's autocrat. I used to probably keep a lot more things present in my mind before. Now I'm like, well, I can make, you know, yeah. I don't need to. I can I have Google it. Two phone numbers memorized now. I used to yeah. memorize every phone number. Now, uh, my girlfriend, in yeah. case I go to jail and need to be bailed out, yeah. I have to have at least one phone number memorized. And my ex girlfriend's husband, because I use his phone number as my uh, Ralph's reward phone number. <laughs> and I have the entire time I've lived in LA. So I got three. <laughs> I have an, um, an ex who I was with for a long time because I also use his number as my for my CVS rewards. Yeah, there it is. And maybe Ralph's. I don't... Or no, I I'm wrong. Vons is Vons. who I use his for. Yeah. See, I have my own for Vons, I think. I don't know. I, if, I, if mine doesn't work, I just try his. And then my, um, my parents' home phone number because that that was my phone number growing up and I think my dad's because he was the first one to have a cell phone so yeah just th those three you still have the same phone number from childhood what's that like a home yeah <laughs> I mean it, everyone has a cell phone so it's just like landlines are yeah the, the connection is much better on landlines I have a landline here but I don't have a landline phone it just came with my internet oh yeah I should start using that shit giving out my landline to people like a fucking time traveler. That would be great. Uh, so yeah, the, the elevator pitch, I think we've already kind of covered it, but the elevator pitch for the new world order is that a secretive group of elites are conspiring to rule the entire world by way of an authoritarian world government, which will replace sovereign nation states and whose ideology hails the establishment of the new world order as the culmination of history's progress. And I hear authoritarian and I hear elite and progress doesn't, you know, how does that lead? What's the correlation there with progress? The, well, I think the, what they're getting at with that definition is that it's not really progress. Mm. It's just being sold as uh, progress. Marketing. Yeah. When it's actually it's the propaganda, more like enslavement yeah. or something like that. And it's a conspiracy that, Pretty much everyone in history has been accused of being involved with. The fact that you and I aren't enthusiastically supporting this idea, we're part of it now. Like, we are part of the global elite pushing this agenda or trying to convince people it's not real. We're part of it by talking about it? Yeah, yeah, I guarantee. Like, there will be, there would be people who would hear this and go, oh, well, they're just agents of the New World Order for saying they don't believe it. Okay, so, well, it, it's not, I don't, it's not, I don't believe it or I believe it. I do think powerful people want, a lot of powerful people want to keep their wealth and their control. And if you already, you know, if, if these group of white men 
<laughs> who, you know, are feeling nostalgic about the days of imperialism are hanging out. Yeah, like, well, you know, I don't think that's right. outside the realm of possibility at all. Yeah, I don't think this is impossible. And I don't think it's like, like I said, I don't know that it's well, I was gonna say I don't know that it's that organized. But I think lots of people want to rule the world. And yeah. there's different elite groups. Yeah, I think the thing I don't and some of them are probably friends. As, know each other. Like as we get into this, there's a lot of different versions of this. And it's almost like a religion where there are so many different religions. You're like, what do I choose? Which yeah. one's right? And the New World Order is the same thing where you could see it as, yes, there's a group of people who want to change the world in a way that would involve one consciousness and one government and one rule of law. And those people might actually just be like really peaceful, hippie, new age types who are like, hey, man, let's end war. But then there's but also- ending war is different from and, and a collective consciousness and unity is different than want than controlling people. There can be unity and everyone can in diversity. There can be unit like we could, uh, you know, so it's it. It leaves a bad taste in, the, in my mouth. This whole like try. It sounds so boring. It really is. And what's yeah, and weird. What's weird about it to me is especially when you're talking about people on the far right who push this, it's like they want, they also want a one world type of system. They just want it to all be white people basically and white history. And that's what, when you get into like what the alt-right actually believes, it's stuff like, well, every country should be able to embrace their, their own history, whatever that history is. And by the way, United States, that's white history. And, and it's just, you know, it's like, come on. Yeah. Like, and, and as you get to each country, fucking throwing who's shit Who's native at you. to the land, you know? It's, so, yeah. it's just so much delusion. And it's just like, I, I don't understand the priority of needing to, I don't know, I, I guess I'm someone who... I try to embrace change and evolving evolution. So it's just like, yeah, people holding on to the past, just like with their teeth, you know, like it's, it's so odd. It is, but it also is a, it's just a streak that a lot of people are born with this. uh, And if you're raised in it too, it's just, you know, you're, it's, you're sharing the programming and with each generation, you see it the most with really conservative types and i don't just mean conservatives in the united states if you look at all of these countries where fascist movements are popping up it's places like hungary where they for a long time had this very liberal government in place that was all about diversity and inclusion and then there was this underbelly that was like wait hungary has been uh, a very traditional religious society for a long time and you're ignoring us And what happens is as those two groups start moving further apart, that conservative group starts feeling, okay, well, now our entire history is just being erased. And it ends up being this big swing in the opposite direction where that small minority group that at one point represented the entire country is now like, all right, let's get back to what this country used to be, which is all white people. And then they good old days, right? Right. And then they try to sell it as what's wrong with that? Like, we're cut. Why can't we support our history? And it's like, because you're talking about killing people. Yeah, it's because it's at the expense of other people. Right. And yeah, the, this. 
If you, I don't understand how you can't maintain your own history. Maintain your own history. Keep your cultural. That's what the rest of us do. I'm an immigrant's kid. Right. You know, if my parents want to keep their, they, you, you, but yeah, maybe it's inconvenient. I think that's definitely part of it. Maybe they're terrified that their kid will be an independent thinker and fall in love with a, like a, a woman of color or something, you know, like it's God forbid. Yeah. And then, you know, what are, what are the guy's grandkids going to look like? Not yeah. him. Yeah. And I, I do think it's a, not in, in, you know, it's, it's incest. That's the thing. It's like when you, it's, it's, you know, we got to talk about this shit. It's fucking incest when people want to keep within their ethnic group. Yeah. It's scientifically proven. Nature doesn't like that. <laughs> right. Yeah, it is. But that's how you keep your light skin and your blue eyes, I guess your recessive yeah. genes. Yeah. That's how you uh, keep all that in place. And it does. <laughs> so hype. <laughs> I mean, I mean, but I mean, it, it does feel like that. Like, yeah. I know people are like, like, there will be people who listen to this and are like, like, we'll, we'll argue against the idea that that's what this is. But when you look into the earliest origins of this theory, it all comes back to one thing, Jews. So again, we, it's historically the, his, it's history scapegoat. Right. And it's this, what this theory does ultimately is it gives people an enemy when there's no other enemy yeah. to to be found so lazy yeah like really we're gonna go back to that right yeah there's That's always our- the new world or new world order <laughs> to fall back on yeah. and it used to be communism yeah and when communism fell like the new world order was originally uh as people pushed it a communist plot yeah. and then communism fell and people were like oh shit uh <laughs> Okay, now it's just globalists. Now it's and we all know that term yeah. uh, pretty well. But so the the let's go through some of the the history of this term. During the 20th century, it was used by people like Woodrow Wilson and Winston Churchill uh, when referring to a period of history characterized by dramatic change in world political thought and in the global balance of power. But was it in a derogative derogatory no. sense? That's the thing. Yeah, it was. This was post World War One, first post World War Two. So they weren't scapegoating NWO. It was this was no a pitch. They were basically in both cases saying, "All right, look what we've just been through. Yeah, we have been through a literal world war. The entire world was at war. Maybe we need to be working towards something that is the opposite of that." Question for you. Yes. So at that point in time, was war profitable? Was was war profitable? Or was war was war actually a form of conflict resolution? Because it's not conflict resolution anymore. No, or maybe it is between like a couple rich guys. They're like, yeah, we'll go to war, but it's a bit with the yeah, rest it's, of us. It's, it's conflict not- resolution, but it's like business conflict. So was it that it's financial conflict? Was it that at that period of time? Do you know? I don't know, but I I kind of get the sense that World War Two is where we realized war could be profitable, and okay. where we started to understand that. Being in a perpetual state of war could make us money because if you exclude, well, no, not even the early 90s. Like, at what point since World War II have we not been involved in some kind of conflict? Yeah. Like, we got right into Korea after that and then Vietnam. Why, were all we, why are we always beefing as a nation? Because we like spending money on tanks. <laughs> 
I think that's really all it is. I, I think- mean, if they could do war without actually killing people, like, can they just like go in a room and break shit? You well, know, we- like, why, why do we got to kill everyone? We tried that with drones where at least we're not being killed. Yeah. But, <laughs> but we still are killing other people. Like, yeah. Yeah. If- war should be robots. The military and the NFL should both be robots. Yeah. That'd yeah. be great. And if you got robots the- are taking all the, all the players are like robots are taking our jobs. Don't say that. But like, yeah, I think, yeah. And then you can spend money making your robots just so you can destroy them so you can make, and then you have your, your, the, I love that idea. Yeah. I, I, I would be all for it. If war was just two countries put their fucking robots in an open field to fight it out. I, war all day. Televise it. Yeah. It'd be a sport. Sell me tickets. <laughs> I will go watch fucking, Syria and Iraq's fucking robots face are you, off. Are all the the elite groups listening? Robot war. I think they're always listening. That's sort of the problem yeah. that yeah. we're talking about today. They're I, probably in the room right now. I have now. a Google Home and it'll just start. I, you know, I'll whisper something on the other side of my home and it'll respond. And I'm like, ooh, you're yeah. not supposed to do that. I have one that I haven't ever hooked up. I used to have a, the Amazon one. My my Alexa feeling on that though is every phone has that built in too. Yeah. So we're all carrying one around. Yeah. There's no see. I don't even like. <laughs> I don't even cover the um the camera when I'm watching porn because what's the point? They already have what they have. You know. They've got what they need. The yeah. internet's been around for so long. Yeah. They are probably already producing deep fakes of us all. <laughs> uh. So this. The term New World Order, it starts to take on a conspiratorial tone, uh, starting with the second Red Scare. And that was in large part due to a Canadian writer and conspiracy theorist named William Guy Carr. In 1931, he started giving conferences around Canada on the topic of international conspiracy. And he pinpointed two families in particular, the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers as being the, quote, international bankers behind a global conspiracy to subjugate the world. Worth noting, he was also a vehement anti-Semite. <laughs> so he, and the Rothschilds are, are it's, um, they're Jewish, right? Yes. And the Rock, are the Rockefellers? I believe no. so, okay. yeah. So it's, he found the scapegoat. Did he get rich off of this, Mr. Carr? Uh, he did. His books, I don't know how rich he got, but he wrote two books in the 1950s, one called Pawns in the Game and one called Red Fog Over America. Uh, both were published in the 1950s. One of them, Red I think, Fog Over America. I think Pawns in the Game, I read, sold 500,000 copies. Okay. Which, that's a lot. Yeah. Like, if this podcast got 500,000 downloads, yeah. I'd be like, we're about to get assassinated. I don't know what's, this is bad <laughs> times. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, and they credit this guy with making the Freemasons and the Illuminati a conspiracy theory talking point in okay. this country. So they had to be pretty influential. The books. Yeah. And, yeah, whenever you hear international bankers, that means Jews. We're talking about Jews. That's that is a code word people have been using since the early 1900s to you know, mean Jews. It, it's so confusing because you think of the Rothschilds, you think of the Rockefeller, and you think of powerful, powerful elite people, and then you think of other powerful elite people, and you're like, of course they're you know in cahoots, right? So it's just it's confusing how you know I don't know like. 
Carr's anti-Semitism, you know, and, and he brings, so is he um, vilifying the Illuminati? Yes. Oh, okay. So it's, they're part of this. Gotcha. Yeah. He's not, uh, by the time we get to the cold war, everyone who's writing about this and talking about it is doing it in a conspiratorial yeah. way. As in the Jews are trying to dominate us. And uh, so he was the one in the fifties who pushed it in the sixties. It gets picked up by right wing groups like the John Birch society yeah, which they've been around forever pushing these kind of theories. Uh, they pushed the idea that the Russian and American governments were controlled by a cabal of corporate internationalists who were intent on using the UN as the vehicle to create a one world government. And the thing about sentences like that, there's a kernel of truth to it. Yeah, We know that at least our government is very much influenced by corporate interests and yeah. people with power and money. It's just, I guess we, you know, considering even sometimes a shitty source will say something that's true, you know, it yeah. happens. The One of the things a lot of conspiracy theorists will tell you is that when it comes to the media in the United States, sometimes those things you read in tabloids are Things that were presented to the New York Times and the Washington Post. Ah, uh, yeah. And someone at the top was like, nope. And the National we're Enquirer We're not talking about it. that. And the National Enquirer takes it, and then we see it in the National Enquirer, and we're yeah. like, shut the fuck up. But we also forget that the National Enquirer uh, probably did the best job covering the OJ trial. Mm. They uh, covered stories and aspects of that that were true, but yeah. weren't covered in mainstream media a lot. They solved the murder of Bill Cosby's son. Like mm. they were the ones who uh, received the evidence that broke that case and solved that case. And they're the ones who published it. Yeah. Well, it's just society and the powers that be paint that as a loony publication. Right. Whereas, but I mean, yeah, like the thing is, if major publications are, you know, in the pockets of these powerful people, then they are going to be, there's some being beholden to them and they are going to push forward an agenda. Right. Because if it, their livelihood depends on it. And that's what a conspiracy theory like this relies on, yeah. is that uh, all along the way, there will be things that supporters can point to and go, see, I told you. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but also, yeah, of course. Like, yeah. of course, people are trying to in exert influence over the world and maintain their interests. Yeah. It's just a question of are they really all working together toward this one nefarious aim? I mean, to me, it sort of goes back to this shadow government, this sort of uh, um, power structure that really runs stuff. And that's why, you know, people are so invested in politics. And I understand because the stakes are so high, but it's a bunch of it's theater to me. Right. It's complete theater. And it's just like, why get emotionally invested in something that's not even real? Yeah, I think and that's it's, it's just it, again, it's it's horrible that people are suffering because of some of these policy changes. But it's also horrible that we're at war. Right. You know, so it's and it, it just I don't know. Everyone plays their part and has their role. But like, I just can't, you know, to me, it's yeah, it's theater. I think a lot of what conspiracy theories like this are meant to do the people who are taking them in and uh, spreading them and using them to form their worldview. I think they see it as, all right, this is a problem and I'm 
tackling it. Yeah. But I think what they're actually being sold is the idea that it's too big of a problem. Yeah. And what's coming is inevitable. And what that does is it makes people ultimately less involved. And it gives you the sense that, well, getting involved on a local level isn't ever going to change things because there's this big power elite that's secretly controlling things. So why Mm. even bother? And I think it, it becomes almost sort of like a Twitter thing where you see people on Twitter and they're interacting with these Russian bots and shit. And it's like, look, I'm helping. And no, you're not. You're just kind of spreading their message without changing any of the effects of that. And I think this is sort of the same idea where people are picking up this idea of a new world order and spreading it, thinking that, look, I'm telling you what's about to happen when they really are inadvertently saying, look, nothing you do matters because the elites are in power and they're eventually going to enslave us all. So don't even try. Go shoot up a school or something. <laughs> oh, my God. I did. I didn't. So I was at Vermont and Santa Monica and there was um, a sign for uh, insurance if, in case you get shot. And it yeah. says the nation's fastest growing insurance. I'd never heard of it. That but, doesn't surprise me. What is the does do the power elite even care about gun control? Does it even matter to them? Well, gun control, that's this plays into the gun control debate. That's again why I call this the mother of all conspiracy theories. Yeah. When you hear people say, "Well, what about that part in the Constitution that says if the government ever gets tyrannical, what do we do then?" Yeah. Oh shit, that's in- insane. Yeah. Shooting insurance. Fuck. If there's a shooting, are you covered? That's nuts. Uh I was like, I shouldn't be walking in this neighborhood this late if there's shooting insurance ads. Can you get it retroactive? Like, if you get shot, can you walk to a kiosk and buy the insurance? Does insurance ever let you get insurance if they know you're going to use it? No. (laughs) Except Cobra, and that's only by law. Oh, man. But, so one of the... uh, Yeah, it was the John Birch Society in the 60s. And then in 1966, writer Mary M. Davidson added the Federal Reserve and the Council on Foreign Relations to the mix of conspirators involved in this. She wrote a book called The Profound Revolution. She also mentions international bankers in her book. And at this point in history, everyone reading that would have been like, oh, she means Jews. (laughs) Like by this point, it's the term that had caught on. Uh, work was carried on in the seventies and eighties by American writer, Gary Allen in his books. None dare call it conspiracy Rockefeller campaigning for the new world order and say no to the new world order, which that came out in 87. That had to be a reference to the just say no campaign. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it was generally talked about as a communist conspiracy, but after the fall of communism, the focus shifted to globalists. globalists and that word should sound really familiar now. So yeah, when you hear people mention globalists and what I was uh, mentioning earlier, when we were talking about gun insurance, when people are like, what happens when the government turns tyrannical? Yeah. Like it says in the constitution, this is what they're talking about. They're referring the people who are holding on to that idea. It's because of new world order conspiracy. Ah, uh, gotcha. So that, yeah, that makes sense. I was, you know, because most of us are like, well, when would you ever need an automatic weapon? Well, I guess if the, if you know, you have to fight a government. Right. But um, yeah. Okay. All right. So that's a, 
Well, yeah. That's an NRA concern. Do they, do they does it, is that a point on at their meetings? I don't think it's explicitly stated, Yeah. but I bet it comes up in the private meetings. Yeah. If we could get the minutes to those meetings, I bet there's like a 15 minute chunk. That's just new world order yeah. shit. And then another 15 minutes. that just says Jews, <laughs> man. Uh, so another thing, man, I have lots of fucking feelings on this part. One of the things that brought the idea of the new world order and yeah. I think kept it going after communism fell because it was such a communism related plot and then communism falls. And then George H.W. Bush on September 11th, 1990, of course, it had yeah. to be September 11th. He said the following in a speech delivered to a joint session of Congress. Until now, the world we've known has been a world divided a world of barbed wire and concrete block, conflict and cold war. Now we can see a new world coming into view, a world in which there is a very real prospect of a new world order. In the words of Winston Churchill, a world order in which the principles of justice and fair play protect the weak against the strong, a world where the United Nations, freed from Cold War stalemate, is poised to fulfill the historic vision of its founders, a world in which freedom and respect for human rights find a home among all nations. And boy, did that send right-wing types into a fucking tizzy. Yeah, I'm sure. And he actually, during his time in office, he brought up the New World Order a lot. So it's interesting. So it is other people on the right, because he's he's a right-side guy, so it's just the fringe, the... The far, far right who. Yeah, I have a wild. I don't think it's even that crazy of a theory about why that happened and why he mentioned the New World Order so much. Communism like George. It's important to remember George H.W. Bush used to be the director of the CIA. Mm, Like he knows a thing or two about influencing people and putting plots and plans in motion. And communism had just fallen so america needed an enemy to justify spending defense money on and what i 100 percent and i can't prove it uh but i what i 100 percent think george bush was doing was purposely trying to rile up right-wing extremists so they could become the enemy we fought for the foreseeable future yeah and that is exactly what happened. They heard him give this speech and then they, they heard him keep bringing it up. And what happens in the 90s? Right-wing extremism becomes a huge thing. There was Waco. There was Ruby yeah. Ridge. It all culminates in Oklahoma City. Like for the first half of the 90s, right-wing extremists were our enemy. Yeah. And I honestly think that was George Bush trying to find a scapegoat, find, not a scapegoat, find a new enemy, find a new uh, focus for all of our defense in military yeah. and police spending within because, the nation. Right. Because otherwise, where were we going to spend all that money? Like, yeah. that's how budgets work. If you don't spend the money, you don't get it, it goes away next year. Yeah. So we got to keep spending that money. And I think that was him trying to rile up right wing uh, fundamentalist types. And I think it worked. And I think he got help from Pat Robertson, who is the 700 club televangelist yeah. guy. He wrote a book in 19. 
89 or no, I think he wrote this book in the 90s. I actually read this book. It was called yeah. The New World Order. And it's, I mean, it's it's pretty basic New World Order stuff where he's arguing that these global elites uh, are trying to set up a one world government. But he added Wall Street to the mix of groups that were trying to bring this about. Wall Street, yeah. the Bilderberg Group, and the Trilateral Commission which in the other texts hadn't been mentioned yet. I think some of those groups were set up later. Yeah. Uh, after some of those other books were written. So he adds all these other groups in, and this becomes a huge book for him because he's got, that guy's got some fucking reach. Yeah. Like yeah. he had a television, I think he still has a television network all of his own. Doesn't Doesn't the uh, 700 Club have its own? Yeah, I don't know if he has his, I mean, it. I would not be surprised. So do you think... Um, H.W. and Pat, this is something they talked about? Or do you think Pat's thing came out independently and he, you know, um, was uh, was there coordination, I think, is, see, is that's, the question. That's the thing that has always confused me about Pat Robertson's book, because it's not like he's an anti-Republican yeah. guy. And I, I feel like if you were to ask him about George H.W. Bush, he'd probably be very pro Bush yeah, because the Bush family has traditionally pushed the kind of ideas that evangelicals like, but he also wrote the new world order book. Yeah. So I don't, that it, that's always been hard to balance for me. And it does sort of feel like maybe the U S came to him and was like, Hey, write this book. We need an enemy to yeah. fight. I mean, that's, and then that's the reason why I don't feel so invested in politics is because of the, you know, the propaganda and then the motive, you know, it's, it's an agenda. Yeah. And it's a manipulation. Yeah. It's, I feel like there's a lot of that in just everyday regular yeah. politics. Like I, I've said before on the show, I think Trump's war with the media is theater. A publicity stunt. Yeah, I, th I think the for the most part, the mainstream media very much supports Trump, if for no other reason than Trump sells newspapers. Yeah. And Trump gets eyes on television shows. And, like, sometimes it's as basic as money. Like, Trump makes these networks money. They want him to be president. If so they, they have to fight in public, Yeah, mainstream so media and versus Trump is profitable. Yeah, and it's it's like wrestling shit. Yeah. Like, wrestling these wrestlers they fight on tv and then they go do cocaine in the locker room together like they're friends <laughs> like the best of friends yeah. yeah and i kind of feel like that's what's happening with a lot of just the trump stuff in general yeah i mean that's the thing is why am i going to become emotionally invested if they're you know doing coke together in the bathroom right they're not really fighting at least getting emotionally invested in that part yeah I, I I mean, it's the horrors of, you know, and with people suffering, it's, you know, that's not excusable, but yeah. And you know. like something like this, I, I feel like, like I mentioned before, I think it is meant to instill that sense of hopelessness in people when really we could be looking at this and going, okay, well, how about we start with corporate influence over American politics? Yeah. That's a, problem we could probably tackle and it feels like if we undercut that maybe a lot of this stuff wouldn't yeah happen and it's a more realistic approach to what is obviously a problem and i think when people package it this way it just 
throws everyone off. Yeah. And it, it just confuses people as to who the real enemy and who the real problem is in this country. Bad times. Yeah, I mean, it's, and that's the thing, and that's sort of my issue with bureaucracy, is it's, it, it's how organized are things, really? You know, like, if we get this guy, then, you know, is it, I don't know, maybe this, maybe I am sounding cynical now, but it's just, yeah, and maybe I am feeling that hopelessness of just, like, there's, there's this entity, and yeah, what's, it's gonna. It would take some organization on our part, but it's like, is that something that can happen in our lifetime? Or yeah, that's the thing. Like people have been fighting against this yeah. for a long time, and it seems like whatever they think was happening is still happening. And I like. I don't want to not think there's a solution at some point. Yeah, I mean, I in think, the future, I think there is a solution. It's just. Are people going to get their shit together to be able to, you know, pull it together and well, and that's yeah, that's go the thing. through with it. It's like this theory is a lot like Democrats running in 2020. It's yeah. like we know we need to fight Trump and get Trump out of office. But first, we need to fight amongst ourselves yeah. and tear each other down. And like, are we going to get organized enough to actually mount in opposition to Trump in 2020? Yeah. Or will we not? And this is kind of the same thing. Like with this theory, we'll get into at the end of the episode, there are theories upon theories yeah. with this. And it's it would be a matter of getting all these groups who think different secret forces are controlling us and getting them all to come together and go, all right, maybe it's not our particular secret force, or maybe it is, and we'll get to that. But first... Let's handle this smaller problem. One step at a time. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if we'll ever get to that. Because you you hear it in like things like the the gun debate where people yeah. are like, "All right, well, how about we just ban automatic weapons?" And people are like, "There's still going to be guns." And it's yeah. like, "I get it, but fucking one thing at a time." Yeah. And like a theory like this, I think it makes people feel like well, what's it matter if I don't cut the head off this monster? Like, yeah. if the head still exists, all of this is going to keep moving. And that's not necessarily true. Like, yeah, we can chip away. Yeah, like, revolutions happen from within. Yeah. And the people bring shit like that about. And, like, sometimes taking a leg out from underneath that thing is just as effective as cutting the head off. Yeah. And I I don't know. I feel like these this particular theory is one that's meant to keep us from focusing on the smaller issues we could address. Oh, so this is like a distraction. It's yeah, I think so. I think it's, it's a, like I said, I think it's a common enemy when there are no other enemies. So, so I see what you mean about how we're a part of it. Right. By giving it attention, giving it attention and to people who really vehemently believe in a strict interpretation of this Yeah, by not 100% agreeing. We're just furthering yeah. that agenda. And the, by furthering the conversation. Yeah. I hope we get a fucking t-shirt out of it or something. Something, man. Like a I love membership card. I want an Illuminati card. Yeah. When, when are we going to get that? How many followers do we need on Instagram to get the Illuminati card? I know. It's a conspiracy podcast. What the fuck? Yeah. We just, should be in already. If I get the Illuminati, then I get the blue check mark. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I already have the blue check mark. It's fine. 
<laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> uh, I got one on um, Facebook. Oh, nice. I don't have that. Yeah. So maybe that's like one one little step, one little and now away. We join the- forces yeah. to give the world one blue check mark. Yeah, one single blue check mark. How about that? We're all verified. Yeah. Every- if we're all verified, are any of us verified? It it, it mm. makes it less exclusive. Right. Boring. Yeah. It's boring. Uh. So let's talk about who's involved in this. Okay. Everyone is involved. Uh. The Freemasons were the first group. To, which I've been promising to do like a side podcast series about the Freemasons. I'm surprised you haven't already. I will at yeah. some point. I uh, I went to high school with a guy who I found out is a Freemason. And God, I want to ask him some questions. I've, met, like, I've known a couple of uh, Mason, Freemasons as well, and they're very secretive. Yeah, they are. That's um, sort of the whole problem. But also, I, they're like having... I've seen comedy shows at lodges, so it's like... Yeah. How do I get booked on that? Right. Right. You have to know the handshake. Yeah. There's rituals you have to go through. You got to sacrifice an owl. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. I can't do it. Then if I have to, I don't, I can't do that to an owl. No. Owls are too smart. They'd figure out how to get you back. <laughs> like posthumously. Like yeah. Like an owl ghost. Send their family. Yeah. Uh, the Illuminati's involved, obviously. Another group that probably yeah. see that's the thing about the Illuminati as compared to the Freemasons. We know the Freemasons exist openly. And, yeah, we know where their buildings are, and we know what kind of funny hats they wear. <laughs> the Illuminati—that's just we don't even know if that's real. Yeah, it's kind of like like God. if they're a newsletter. Yeah, you know? <laughs> the Illuminati reminds me of God, which is another thing where people are like. God might not be real. And it's like, if millions of people believe it and are shaping their lives around it, it's real. And the Illuminati to me, even if it's not real, it's real. Yeah. Because a lot of people, not a lot of people, but a lot of people on the fringes of society live their life according to what they think the Illuminati is doing to them. You know, it's, yeah, I guess the question is how organized are the Illuminati like? Yeah. What? What? Who's like? Is there? Are they having entertainment events like Jay Z and Beyonce? Jay Z's mm-hmm. got to be in the Illuminati. But if there is an Illuminati, if there an is organized one. Illuminati, yeah. I mean, if they haven't recruited that guy, yeah. they they're not going to take over the world. No. Like, read the fucking room. You want Jay Z <laughs> on your team? Uh, He's a businessman. Yes. <laughs> Business man. man. Uh. And for the record, I still very much want to join the Illuminati. If that is possible, I'll take the yeah. CIA, if nothing else. If the CIA needs me to do I just want to be part of some secret group. I mean, the CIA is not that secret. I'm yeah. at the Chinese intelligence agency. But they have secrets. Boy, do they. A group with secrets. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like a family. And I want those secrets right up top so yeah. they have a reason to kill me if I ever leave the group. Ooh. Hmm. I don't know why I want that stress in my life. I just want to know these secrets. That sounds like a kink. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. This plays in yeah. to a lot of the New World Order stuff. This is an anti-Semitic as fuck hoax that was uh, a book originally published in Russia in 1903. And it claims to be the minutes from a meeting of these uh, Jewish elites discussing a plan to dominate the world it's getting in the hacked. future. It is, yeah. 
It's like, get more creative if you're going to create propaganda, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. This, uh, to their credit, at least this was early 1900s. Oh, okay. So, so they, they were like, Jews. Yeah. But now it's fucking 2019 and we're still like, Jews. <laughs> it's like, they would have done it by now. They've had time. Yeah. Like, if Jews were planning something, it would have fucking happened. But it still carries on. Uh, this one I thought was interesting. Yeah, the Rhodes Scholars. Rhodes Scholars. Cecil Rhodes, who, who is the guy behind the Rhodes Scholarship yeah. and Rhodes Scholars, which is a very lofty academic thing. He was a staunch believer in the need for a one-world government and the need to form a secret society to make it happen. He even put that shit in his will, which he wrote at the age of 23. When did so, he pass away? Uh, I mean, this was a long time ago, so probably at 25 or something of natural causes. <laughs> no, he I, he lived for a few more decades, but writing a will at 23, that's forward thinking right there. Yeah, that's a so, guy who thinks about the future. Yeah, no, no wonder he wants a one world government. Yeah. In place. He's thinking ahead. Uh, what are the benefits? The benefits of a one world government. Yeah. Uh, well, for him, it's all of these. <coughs> when you get into people like him, like the intellectuals who push this idea and H.G. Wells also, who we'll talk about next. It's it's sort of a kind of a benevolent idea where this is the only way. We're going to end violence and suffering and war in the world is if we break down all of our borders and barriers and all the things that make us different and agree that we're all one person. And to intellectual types, that probably sounds really great because it, it on the surface makes sense. Who wants war? Who wants differences and things? You heard it a lot with the early Internet, too. The people who started the Internet, a lot of them were like, Look, this is going to end racism. Like, once people have access to all this information, we're not going to have any of these differences in borders anymore. We'll just be global citizens. And we know now the exact opposite thing happened. Like, the internet ended up being a breeding ground for hate and racism. And I think that's what a lot of this is, is these intellectuals, like, earlier in the 20th century who saw World War II happen, saw World War One happen, and we're like, I'm smart. I can figure this and out. And they lived through some real horror. Right. They lived through legitimate trauma and came out the other end wanting to figure out how to fix it. And I think people like this just don't realize how unappealing the idea of one everything sounds to people. Well, yeah, because what about the people who don't like the one everything? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know. And that, H.G. Wells, he also wrote a book, uh, called uh, The New World Order, but also wrote one called The Open Conspiracy. And in both, it was a, he was arguing that a world revolution needed to happen, but he also argued for a world brain, like the internet maybe, yeah. to establish a technocratic world state and planned economy. And you asked about people who don't uh, support it. Here's what he said about that. Yeah. When the struggle seems to be drifting Definitely towards a world social democracy, there may still be very great delays and disappointments before it becomes an efficient and beneficent world system. So he's talking about there's going to be sacrifices to make. Right. And (sighs) who wants to be collateral? Countless people will hate the new world order, be rendered unhappy by the frustration of their 
passions, and ambitions through its advent and will die protesting against it. When we attempt to evaluate its promise, we have to bear in mind the distress of a generation or so or so of malcontents, many of them quite gallant and graceful looking people. So he's basically saying people cool. are yeah, yeah, I have cool in the notes next. And so, yeah, he's basically saying a lot of people are going to hate this, but fuck them. It's what we need. And those people will die protesting. But see, that's the thing. It's what he thinks we need. But what about what other people's needs are? This one size fits all. It's just like, how does he have the answer to it? And it involves everyone else. Right. Like, what right does someone have over someone else if they're not harming you? Yeah, and it's, I think it is a legitimate arrogance that yeah. you see in a lot of really, really highly educated people where they're like, well, I'm much smarter than you. So he, if you just see things my yeah. way, we'll all be better off. And he, I mean, even this is just like, well, that's, he talks about it, the distress of a generation or, or so. Yeah, like just really? a generation. Just a generation? Or so. That's nothing. We'll recover. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And it's understandable why people are skeptical of ideas like that. Yeah. Coming like even coming from really what we deem as intellectual types. Yeah. Like I think people have good reasons to be skeptical of that sometimes. Yeah. Because just cuz you're like there's a difference between being really intelligent and understanding the world. And yeah. I think a lot of people who push ideas like that they're not in touch with what happens in everyday lives. Yeah, you can have a strong processing system in your brain and still be ego driven and right. and push an agenda that doesn't serve the you know the greatest good. Yeah, uh, whatever that is, you know. Right, and I think the New Age movement is a good example of that too. And yeah. this is what we're going to focus on in the next episode: a group called the Lucius Trust. Uh, this is. I think the new age movement is one of the biggest aspects of this, but they don't get talked about that much, Yeah, which makes me all the more suspicious Yeah, because whenever there's a conspiracy afoot, the people running it are happy to let you believe the crazier parts that aren't mm. true. Like the, the U S government is fine with us thinking nine 11 was a false flag operation carried out by the United States. Yeah. Because it keeps people from talking about the very real fact that Saudi Arabia seemed to be way more involved in that than yeah. we gave them credit for. And I think with this, it's with the new age movement, it makes me suspicious that they don't come up as much as the Freemasons and the Illuminati when it comes to the new world order. Because Who are the leaders in the new age movement? It's a, well, it all dates back to, and I know there were, people before her, but a woman named Alice Bailey, who started a publishing company in, I want to say 1922. And it was literally called the Lucifer Publish Publishing Company. And that's what we're talking about in the next episode. That's what right? we're talking yeah. about on the next episode, because she is one of the founders of the New Age movement. And their whole thing is also look, at some point we got to get rid of all these borders. We got to get rid of our differences. We need a one world government and one world religion also. And a lot of it, a lot of their... Uh, so New Age isn't about um, individual spirituality. It is, the movement is about a, a one religion. and The movement as pushed by them... Okay, gotcha. ...is 
kind of a one world government thing. And I think new age can be um, interpreted, interpreted with different meanings. To oh yeah, include, for sure. You know? Yeah. Uh, but this group in particular, the Lucius trust, they, uh, the UN has a meditation room and it's run by Lucius trust. Lucius trust uh, is the publishing wing for the UN. So when people talk about, well, the UN is going to be that one world government and that one world military, and then they see Lucius Trust, which is this new age movement aimed at eliminating borders and also kind of praising Satan, because in a lot of religious texts, Satan isn't the devil. Satan is the one who brings knowledge and light and understanding to people. And that's their interpretation of Satan. And when you hear conservatives call liberals Satanists, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about the new age movement and Alice Bailey and the Lucius trust and all of their, uh, what I would agree is kind of shady. Yeah. intertwinement with the UN. Uh, so that we'll talk, but we'll talk about them more on the next episode. Uh, there's also the Fourth Reich, which is kind of just another name for the New World Order. Yeah. But it's people who believe that the Nazis were not defeated. They were just absorbed by America, and their plan has been continuing ever since. Why Fourth? Why are they the Fourth Reich? Uh, after Nazi Germany, which was the Third Reich. Okay, that's the third. What was the second? Uh, was the Second Reich the World War One regime? Might have been. And first... See, the, the third one is where the yeah. franchise starts getting good. Yeah. So I've never gone back. We didn't go, but we didn't need to. Did you need to watch the first two? Nah. Yeah, nah. you don't need to watch the first two. Yeah. They're completely different movies. Who is the first Reich? Yeah, let's see. It just said third Reich when I searched first That's the Reich. thing. is like, yeah, it's just like one and two fell, out, fell off the map. Reich. I love how it like goes from Third Reich to Fourth, like Nazi to New World Order. Like that's what's the? There's not like a three point five, you know. <laughs> just I feel like they were missing a step here. Reich three point one, just a small upgrade. We changed yeah. our uniforms. That's yeah. all. Uh, also, aliens. This is probably yeah. one that will be its own episode. Also, because we're going to talk about. Next, to end this episode, we're going to talk about how the different ways people think this is going to be implemented. Yeah. And my favorite is this idea that at some point we have developed the technology that will allow us to project something into the sky that could be seen around the world by everyone at the same time, which even then, like, it's it's going to be daytime somewhere. How are people... Yeah. At noon, going to see this fucking projection in the sky, but whatever. And what people who push the alien version of this theory argue is that the U.S. government is going to basically do a false flag operation that looks like an alien invasion. Yeah. And that this alien invader is going to bring this uh, figurehead or leader whose image will be projected in the sky. And when that happens, that person or entity will kind of explain everything about how the world works. And from that, we will understand all religions are nonsense. All of our differences are nonsense. And we should all just unite around this one guy. So they want, and the argument is that it's all going to be fake and it's the United States trying to (laughs) dominate the world. 
Yeah, I mean, and aliens are a whole other topic. There's so many different they sure are. types. I think we covered that in the first podcast I did with you on on yeah. the other podcast, but interdimensional or um, interdimensional, intertime, extraterrestrial, intraterrestrial, which I just learned about today. The ones who live Inside in the earth. earth. Yeah. yeah. Those are the coolest. We recorded an episode. It should be out by the time this one comes out, but we recorded an episode of this podcast about the theory that dinosaurs are a hoax, which what a fun theory that is. (laughs) And one of the things that comes up in that is there's a guy who thinks that dinosaurs, when the asteroid hit, fled underground, Mm. which I don't know if the dinosaurs got a text or what told them this asteroid was coming. coming, but they fled underground and eventually evolved into the reptilian humanoids that populate our underground cities. Oh, that's very specific. It's very specific. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it actually ties into the alien version of the New World Order because the guy who pushes that the most is David Icke, who we've done. What are, you, what are your thoughts on David Icke? David Icke, if you read his... Uh, origins on how he became a conspiracy theorist it sounds like schizophrenia wasn't he a sports he was a a sports announcer he was a professional football player but the bullshit european kind and he talks about how he he went down this path because one day he was in a bookstore and a voice told him to go pick up the book directly in front of him yeah and he talks about these voices that talk to him all the time and guide him on this path and it's like dude you might just need medication like that could just be psychosis of some sort do you think some of what he presents has some validity or it's just or it is an illness um the reptilian stuff seems crazy yeah i mean he taught like it's not that's not the only thing he covers we did an episode about there's a documentary about him that just came out where is it available it's, uh on all the streaming sites it's called renegade the life story of david Icke. oh my god i'd love to watch that it's uh i watched it on vimeo i think is it on but, like netflix or something no or? you have to rent it okay but you know what i might have actually bought it Jesus Christ, did I buy it for that episode? If I did, I'll just send you Tight. the link so you can watch it. But in that documentary, what's interesting and what makes me suspect of the reptilian theory even more, it doesn't come up at all in that documentary. And it's such a big part of his story. For him, when you watch that documentary, it feels like the like the sales pitch version of David Icke. Mm, okay. So where you- it all seems kind of reasonable and normal. And then you go from that documentary to his other stuff. And he's like, let me tell you about so them like a, Jews. It's a gateway. Yes. Pro, it's a gateway content. Right. It's because there's none of the uh, potentially anti-Semitic stuff that he gets into. None of that comes up in the documentary. It's all really, uh, it's a very sanitized version of him. Yeah. And the fact that he doesn't stick to his guns and bring up reptilians in that documentary, I don't like it. Yeah. It makes me feel like he either doesn't, it makes me feel like he doesn't believe it mm. because why wouldn't you put it in that documentary? He actually, was he, it was a documentary he was official, involved in. Yeah. It's an okay. authorized documentary. And the only time it comes up is when he mentions people 
uh, mocking him. Yeah. And you see a computer screen that has a story about David Icke and reptilians uh, on the screen. Yeah. And that's the only time he even touches on it. And I want to see like, the unauthorized version. Yeah. It's like, dude, you're the one who brought it up. Don't be all fucking ashamed now. Yeah. I want to see the, like the Ike raw. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, and that yeah, would be interesting. you can tell this isn't that Yeah, like this was him letting someone like, I think he probably financed. Were you disappointed that you purchased it? Because now I'm just like, oh, maybe I'll just, you know, YouTube the reptile stuff if I need to, <laughs> if I need to see some David Icke. Um, I mean, it's it's interesting to it, it's basically a documentary about a conspiracy theorist trying to go mainstream and trying to rehabilitate his image in a way that maybe the public will start listening to him on a larger scale and that's more palatable and that's not a society that's not a thing i'm opposed to i think i've said i've said a bunch of times on this podcast that that's a shift we sort of need yeah at least in the united states is to shift away from this idea that if you question the official government version of a story you're a conspiracy theorist yeah. Like being skeptical of your government is a healthy thing. I think so. And especially now, like we know this government's up to some shit. Yeah. And this is not the time to start giving the U.S. government the benefit of the doubt. So I'm with David Icke on that. Like, yeah. I feel like the, the idea of conspiracy theories need to be a little more mainstream, but I don't know if I trust his motives. I, I kind of, I sometimes uh, want to lump him in with, Alex Jones, who oh yeah, Alex Jones, I think Very is polarizing. I think Alex Jones is a government plant, and I think I've I've said this a bunch of times. I yeah. think when the internet first started, the government had two choices: either crack down on every story that is posted on the internet yeah. as it happens and tackle each one individually, which given all the shit we've done yeah. over the past few decades, that's a lot of work. Yeah. It takes a lot of bandwidth or they could just get ahead of the problem and discredit the idea of conspiracy theories in general, way more efficient. And a great way to do that would be to put a guy like Alex Jones yeah. in place who becomes the forefront and the face of the conspiracy theory movement and just make sure he spreads a bunch of bullshit that is easy to counter yeah. and prove as false because if the biggest guy doing it can be discredited everyone else is discredited yeah and you see that now where if someone questions the government people are like you're alex jones yeah and it's like no they're not they just don't believe what the government's saying right now yeah i mean that's the thing is why does it have to be so black and white like if you do, you know there are other ways to, you know other things going on i I don't know. It's it's just the idea that people aren't open-minded and maybe it's not is maybe that's not the easiest way to live the most like, you know, maybe it's just easier to be asleep and kick the can along, but it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting to me when people don't question stuff. Yeah. And it's easier not to question stuff. I I think not questioning is a big problem in this country. And I think choosing sides is a big problem. Where, like, uh, an example I always use is nationalized internet. Uh, Obama pushed that idea in 2010, the idea of the government building an internet network that would be controlled by the government, but would be free to everyone. And everyone on the left was like, yes, that sounds great. I want free internet. And then Trump pushed 
pretty much the exact same idea, which in both cases, it's a thing we need. Like yeah. we need better internet in this country. Yes, we do. And everyone on the left was like, no, that's like Trump's just going to spy on us all if he does that. Yeah. And it's like, we need it. Like we, like the government's going to spy on you. Yeah. Or they Obama, already are. Like we know Obama would have spied on us with that shit. Yeah. He didn't build a national internet and spied on us. What's kind of funny is just, you know, how some people really think the government gives a shit. <laughs> Like yeah. no, no one's trying to use your Google thing to hear you, your Google home to hear you shitting. Right. Like, yeah. And like with the, the Google home stuff, like I said, it's, it's in your phone too. Yeah. Like yeah. If you're not carrying, if you stop carrying your phone around, maybe the government will stop listening to I you. S- like sleep in my bed with my phone. So yeah, yeah maybe I need to pra- like detach a little bit. And the question will always be, do we care? If the government's listening to us. I mean, us. at this point, you know, if they already are, like, it's it's easier not to have secrets. Yeah, I mean, it's easier for them to crack down on dissent. But I assume it also makes some uh, aspects of protecting the country a little easier. So once we're initiated into the Illuminati, do we, yes. get, um, do we get different phones? Yeah, I hope we get, like, one of those... Uh, dark night kind of things that yeah. just tracks the location of every phone and we can click on it and find out what they're talking about. Tight. I'm so excited to be in the Illuminati. Yeah. I hope we get wigs. Is there like a like, party? Like British judges wear? Yeah. I and powdered. Yeah. That's powdered, <laughs> powdered wigs <laughs> for my Illuminati initiation. Uh, all right. So let's close out by talking about how this is going to be implemented. Uh, there are a few different ways people think it's going to happen. Uh, gradualism which is peel the bandaid off slowly. Yeah. And ease into it. This is the, the idea that's already being implemented, starting with the formation of the federal reserve back in 1913. And then every union or initiative since then, people who believe in this uh, version of it, they point to those as milestones for the new world order. So like the world bank, the world trade organization, every time something like that happens, people go see, we're getting closer. Uh, or there could be a coup. R- rip the Band-Aid off. Yeah. This is this is your uh, Second Amendment enthusiasts. Yeah. People who say, well, what happens when the government turns tyrannical and we got to start shooting? Yeah. Well, the answer is the government's going to shoot you with bigger guns, probably. Yeah. Uh, but what people who <laughs> abide by this theory think is a secret team uh, sent out by the UN is just going to kind of cover the world in black helicopters. So whenever you hear people talk about black helicopters, they're talking about the new world order. Yeah. And why black? I don't know. That's always been the, uh, the conspiracy theory as it relates to the new world order is black helicopters. Interesting. And there's a really interesting interview with Obama. I always thought this was such a great answer. Someone asked him about the black helicopters. Yeah. And if they exist, and he said, yes, but they're not for that. Oh. <laughs> ah. Interesting. Wow. Uh, yeah, and then we find out it's like weather or something. It's like, oh, that's boring. I wanted it to be enslavement. You know, that's the thing is I feel like sometimes conspiracy, conspiracy theories are fun and people indulge in them for the excitement. Right. And it does. I don't think it's all even from a national security standpoint. Yeah. I don't think it's always the worst uh, route to take. Yeah. Like a lot of the UFO sightings in the 80s and 90s 
we can look back at that now, like especially the 90s stuff where you would see just groups of individual lights moving in ways you don't see lights move. Yeah. Like we, those are drones. We, yeah. we probably, those were probably just us testing drones. Yeah. And the government's going to be fine with us going, oh, those are UFOs. Yeah. They're like, yeah, sure are kids. Don't you worry <laughs> about it. And I, I think that's not necessarily the worst way to yeah. approach that because we don't want secrets about the military stuff we're testing getting out yeah because we need it to implement the new world order at some point and to subjugate humanity so we let the alien story go that's you know i I guess it's it's good to to have clear goals right you want to be focused yeah uh there's also mass surveillance this is when hg wells mentioned a technocratic yeah world government it's the idea that eventually technology will advance so much that the government can use it to control us. But what happens when AI controls the government? It's just uh, one operating system that runs the world. Maybe AI has been doing this the whole time. Who's going to go on walks? Yeah. Robots don't enjoy walks. Who's going to feel they don't the sunshine? Need walks. You know, like what's why why do they need to be on earth for this? Yeah. You know? It's a good question. Yeah, the one of the 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 areas where this comes up is 5G internet. There are a lot of people who think 5G internet is a weaponized frequency that governments are going to use to control people. And one of the the things they mention when people talk about us being cyborgs, because we have this phone attached to us at all times, the goal is to take that phone out of our hands and put it in In our our, head. And the really the only thing keeping that from being a possibility is how slow our internet connections are. <laughs> and 5G internet will fix that. Yeah. And Elon Musk has already announced that he's got technology like that ready to come to market. There's Is I, he advocating the, these these technologies being like in, in us in our physical body? Oh yeah. Yeah, the 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 technology it would probably use is this thing called smart dust. And smart dust is Kind of just what it sounds like. It, it looks like dust. It's yeah. just small micro particles. But what each of them is, is a sensor that can read data and transmit and record data and uh, information about whatever area uh, it's in. And the thinking is at some point we'll be able to just implant that in our brain and that will be the, your phone, like yeah. your phone screen and your internet and everything is just inside your head like you see in fucking movies. Controlled with thought? Yeah. Like your your thoughts would basically, like if I were looking at you and I decided I wanted to follow you on Twitter right now, I could presumably just do it with my fucking head, which is wow. nuts. But that's what, and it's not like, I think it was MIT not too long ago. Uh, I'll link to this on the website. They- introduced this product that it's not commercially available, but they invented it and it works and it can take your thoughts and transmit them to text. And so like this exists. Yeah, it exists. And because think about when you're talking, does it work? It does. And like, think about when you're talking to yourself in your head, you're still hearing something. Yeah. And you're hearing it because of little vibrations that happen inside your ear. Oh, so there's a, it's a technology that translates yeah, the thought. Yeah, it translates yeah. those vibrations in 
to words. Bose just, I almost fucking bought a pair. I probably still will. They just put out these sunglasses that they, it doesn't go in your ear at all like headphones, but when you wear these sunglasses, you can hear music, but the people around you don't hear it. It literally goes like, I think works on reverberations and like inside your temple. And I very desperately want to wear a pair of these yeah. sunglasses because it must just be like music in your head. I want to give them a whirl when you have it. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like I'm going to probably buy those soon. Uh, so that's what people worry about with mass surveillance and 5G internet. And it didn't help that we formed this office in 2002 called the Information Awareness Office. And their fucking logo <laughs> was the Illuminati Pyramid. <laughs> With the eye with the looking eye at the entire world. Shining a light on it with, with the eye. And people are like, uh, that's, but. That's not that's, even subtle. That's the whole thing. And then we got rid of that logo. <laughs> like, okay, sorry. And a little marketing slip. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. And I, I think the main problem here is everyone wants a new world order of some sort. Like that, that's, it's just, you know, if the world's on fire. Yeah. If the world's bad, you want to make it better. Yeah. People are going to have some wacky ideas about how to make that happen. And I don't know if it's necessarily a global conspiracy could be a Russian conspiracy. I put some stuff in the notes about, uh, the fourth political theory, which I don't think I've ever talked about on this podcast, which is surprising. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's Russian, right? What it is... uh, So the first three are um, fascism, communism, and liberalism. Liberalism. Yeah. And there's this guy in Russia named Alexander Dugin, who is, uh, depending on who you believe, a very close advisor to Vladimir Putin or just sort of an advisor. Yeah. But he's written two books. One of them is used as a textbook in Russian military schools now uh, called The Foundation of Geopolitics politics i believe but his second book it's called the fourth political theory and it presents the idea like you just said that there are have been three political theories fascism communism and liberalism and that liberalism defeated fascism and communism yeah but now liberalism is broken and a fourth theory needs to come along and defeat liberalism. So they, so they do not have that fourth theory. They're just like, this doesn't work. We need something else. No, they have the fourth theory. Oh, okay. And what does that look like? It's basically a mishmash of a bunch of different versions of fascism. Yeah. Where each country is allowed to hate however they want. And it's why you're seeing, again, these fascist movements that are pushing this idea of, well, this is what traditionally this country has been. And so we just we just want to go back to that. What's so wrong yeah, with it? Yeah, it's really not this novel idea then. It's not like, a four, it's back to one. Right. But it's, it's the idea that, yes, every country gets to do that and gets to hate the way they want. But you also have to agree with Russia as it pertains to trade and monetary policy toward the West. Yeah. Beyond that, everything everything's on the table. You get to be whatever country you want. We just have one idea about how to treat the West. And if you read it, like a lot of their, they talk about how it's not going to be a thing they achieve through fighting wars. It's going to be a thing they achieve through going into countries that oppose them and uh, finding divisions they can exploit. Oh, yeah. Which is a thing we know they do right now. Yeah. And also trying to get, 
countries that have entered into treaties to break those treaties. And that's a thing we hear Trump talk about a lot now, especially uh, NATO and things like that. Yeah. So it's it's a thing like you can read an actual book about it and know that someone is trying to do it. And you can go out into the world and see that it's happening. So that's kind of the problem with this conspiracy theory is it's not really a conspiracy theory. We yeah. know someone out there wants to control the world. And we know there's people out there that want to change the world. So, I mean, these different conspiracy theories just have different players and imply a certain level of organization. Right. um, With these players. And what's ironic to me is the Russian version is the one that we can point to actually happening and being carried out around the world. Is there some tie um, of like the this fourth? What is it called? Fourth, Fourth political theory. Fourth political theory and Fourth Reich. I don't know. I've never thought about that. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, I could like, I, I haven't like, I don't think they would in that book be like, yeah, this is the continuation of Nazi shit. Yeah. Um, but it's possible. I haven't like, I haven't looked into the fourth Reich stuff that much. There's so much research to do for this podcast. Yeah. It's crazy. But the, like the, the Russian get so many episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the Russian thing, it's, What's ironic about it to me is you can see it being put into action all around the world, but then we're getting to a point in the country now where at least people on the right will, whenever you mention Russia, they'll be like, you see Russia everywhere. It's like, maybe we should see Russia everywhere. Yeah. Maybe Russia is the fucking problem. And I feel like there's more proof for that than there is the new world order. But I guess we'll all find out when we're all enslaved by one new age leader. Um, you know, we're going to be in the little VIP Illuminati yeah, hopefully, section. Hopefully we're ascended masters by then oh, and yeah. we don't have to worry about, we'll be doing the subjugating yeah. ideally. Well, yeah, for maybe a different dimension. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. We should go colonize something. <laughs> Why not? Let's colonize space. But uh, that's our- <laughs> Let's colonize just empty space. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, space isn't real, by the way. That comes up on the dinosaur conspiracy episode also. (laughs) People who think dinosaurs are fake also think outer space is fake. It's pretty fascinating. Uh, That's our episode for this week. We, I don't know how many episodes the New World Order is going to end up being, but. We're going to have a series. Definitely next week. We're talking about. Season. The Lucius Trust. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to talking about that. I started reading a little bit. Yeah, that one's going to be interesting. That's a thing. I want to scan through some. That woman wrote 24 books, and I'm not going to read them all. But (laughs) if there's like one version that summarizes them all, maybe I could check that out. But uh, she's like the foundation of the New Age movement. Yeah. So there's probably a lot to unpack there. So we'll talk about that next week. In the meantime, thank you so much for doing the podcast. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. This you was know, I love a lot this of fun. stuff. I love talking about this stuff. Good. I uh I'm I'm really happy you're on the show this week. Uh what do we have to plug before we get out of here? Oh, okay. So I'm on um I'm on the internet um, at Fizzadasani, F-I-Z-A-A-D-O-S-A-N-I, uh Fizzadasani.com. And also uh, I have a comedy a brand and tour and podcast. It's a weekly podcast as well called Facial Recognition Comedy. Uh, you can look, it's available on iTunes, Spotify, most places that um, podcasts live and uh, at Facial Recognition Comedy and facialrecognitioncomedy.com. Very nice. 
Uh, and uh, check out patreon.com slash unpops for bonus episodes of this podcast and all the other podcasts I host. And I think that's it. Let's get the fuck out of here. Fizz, say goodbye. See y'all. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.